Welcome to the Lost and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Man, has it been a while since I've sat down and recorded a podcast. I was putting together today's show notes for the topic And I started to remember just how much I miss sitting down and being able to record shows and putting them out and getting your guys' feedback. And I put out a podcast, well, an episode last week on Tuesday or Thursday, I can't remember which day it aired, but just announcing that the podcast is back. I know I haven't been dropping any episodes since December, but we are now back at it. Just with the craziness of life, our family has moved from Idaho to Southern Utah, Um, business has been busy. I just had a lot going on and a lot that I've had to produce to where I haven't had the time to really put into recording episodes. And, and so I'm just really excited to be back and back to just giving more content, more long form. I've been doing a lot of TikToks. I've been on Instagram, but I haven't been able to sit down and just really talk training nutrition other than with clients, um, a whole lot. So I'm excited to get back into actually producing this type of content because this is truly what I love to do. The main reason that I got into coaching was because I just love to produce content that helps people, regardless if you are a client, regardless if you're just a follower, regardless if you just found this podcast for the first time. I truly love doing this, just putting out free content that can go out and impact people to the masses. And if that makes you end up being a client with Lost and Lifting at some point, that's incredible. But if it doesn't, that doesn't matter to me either. I just like being able to help and putting out a positive vibe that can create an impact in people's lives. So like I said, I'm super excited to be back. I don't want to rant for too long because I want to get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about today. And what that topic is, is five fat loss mistakes that I see happen most often in terms of nutrition. And now over the years, I've worked with a decent amount of people on tracking their nutrition, on understanding nutritional principles in terms of tracking calories, in terms of hitting protein targets, in terms of just becoming more aware of your nutrition so that you can create the result from it that you want to, right? And as I've worked with a lot of people, I've seen five main mistakes that people come to when it comes to their nutrition, when it comes to tracking, when it comes to fat loss. There are five things that happen more often than not with clients that I work with, um, when people are just asking questions that I'm not working with, with followers. So I really wanted to deep dive into those five things because if we can help create awareness around these five mistakes that most people make, chances are if you're stalled in progress, if you're getting ready to start your own fat loss journey, um, you're maybe making one of these mistakes now and you can become more aware of it and fix it to create better progress. Or you might make the mistake when you start tracking and you start getting more in tune with your nutrition. Um, And this is going to help you build awareness around it before you actually make the mistake. So you're going to be able to avoid the learning curve and be able to get to your overall result at a more efficient rate. So without further ado, let's get into these five fat loss mistakes that most people make 
that you can correct to start seeing better results. And number one is waiting to track your food until the end of the day after you've already eaten it. And I see this one happen a lot with clients when we very first begin is the thought of just trying to keep a mental tally in your head of the foods that you've eaten. And then when you get home at night, then you sit down and track all of the meals that you had. And it makes sense that this would work, right? As long as you can keep that running tally in your head. But what you forget is it gets very easy to forget the serving sizes of the foods that you ate earlier in the day. Do you remember if you had four ounces of meat or did you have five ounces or did you have six ounces? And so then you start estimating it and then maybe you forget um, one of the little snacks of something that you put in your mouth or whatever it may be and you end up tracking inaccurately compared to what you were consuming. And over time, as you do that and you end up eating more calories than what you think you're eating, your progress will end up stalling and you'll plateau. And I've seen this happen with a lot of people over the years, just taking more of a reactive approach to tracking and tracking on the back end instead of taking a proactive approach and tracking on the front end. And when you track the food before you eat it, you make sure that it fits within your numbers. If you get to the end of the day and you haven't tracked anything and then you start tracking everything up and you realize you went over calories or you realize that you've hit your calories for the day but you didn't quite hit your protein and oh shoot, well now what do I do? It just puts you in this reactive state, right? Compared to if what I really advocate people to do, especially who are newer to tracking with not a lot of experience, is simply tracking all of your meals first thing in the day before you even leave the house. This way, you're basically setting yourself up with a meal template of the foods that you're going to eat and you know that they have you hitting your caloric and protein goal by the end of the day so it keeps you right on track and you're just simply following along to what you've already prepared, opposed to just eating whatever you want through the day, tracking it at night, and then realizing maybe you're off or or forgetting to track particular things that has, again, what you've tracked compared to what you consumed off and then you're not making the results that you want and then you deem, all oh, this just doesn't work for me, but really you haven't been quite as tedious as you need to be when it comes to your nutrition. And I'm fully aware that is tedious. We don't always want to just pull out our phone and track the food that that we're about to eat. We just want to eat it. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, when your goal is fat loss and you're really pushing to create a result or get to a goal, we generally have to do something that comes with a little bit of inconvenience or a little bit of sacrifice or a little bit of tediousness. Is that a word? Tediousness to get there. (laughs) And That's the point, right? You're either going to sacrifice now in terms of being more proactive towards your approach or you're going to sacrifice in the future thinking that you put in a bigger effort than you probably actually did and not be to the result that you wanted and be mad at yourself or be frustrated or deem that tracking doesn't work for you or deem that your metabolism is is, um, out of whack or broken or your hormones are downregulated or whatever it may be, but really you just weren't taking a proactive approach to putting in place tracking before you eat to make sure what you're tracking compared to what you're actually consuming is on point. And so that's one to really think about. Are you tracking your food before you eat it or are you waiting till the end of the night and then going in and tracking it? Or maybe you're just tracking it in your head and Um, just thinking that you're on point because you've tracked for so long that now you can just track it in your head and you know how much you're eating. Chances are, if you're not creating the progress that you want to and you're not tracking before you're consuming, you're most likely underestimating how much you're eating. All right, number two is not weighing 80 to 90% of the foods that you consume. And I know this is another one that's a pain in the ass. Nobody wants to have to weigh out everything that you're eating right? It's inconvenient. It takes up extra time. It feels tedious. 
But again, this comes back to the rule. If you're not willing to sacrifice a little bit up front to reach a goal that you have, you're probably going to end up sacrificing in the long run because you're ultimately not going to end up reaching that goal. And weighing your food is not something that's super fun. We don't want to have to sit and pull out a scale and then put the Tupperware on and then weigh what we're eating and then eat it. We just want to eat the food that we see. But again, as you get more advanced and you want to create more advanced results, it's going to require a little bit more advanced strategies. So if you're somebody who just eyeballs all of your meals and you're not weighing anything out and you're not seeing the progress that you want to, but you feel like you're tracking accurately, you're most likely over consuming because you're not paying attention to actual serving sizes. You're not taking the time to be tedious enough to make sure that what you're actually tracking is what you're actually consuming. I've seen this happen over and over again. Whenever I'm working with somebody and we go in and we take a look at their uh, my fitness pal, I go in and look at their diaries each week in terms of what they're eating, especially when progress is stalled. I go see, okay, are they hitting their numbers? Does this all make sense? Before we ever go and make any adjustments to their caloric intake, we always sit down and have a conversation about, okay, do you feel like you're weighing out 80 to 90% of the foods that you're consuming? Are you making sure that you're tracking your foods before that you're consuming them to ensure that you're actually consuming what it is that you're tracking. You're not missing anything. And then from there, if they have those two things on point and they're plateaued in progress, then we start to look more at maybe adjusting calories because we know that their caloric intake is on point with what they're consuming compared to what they're tracking. And again, I know that that's tedious, but the game of fat loss comes with some tediousness. If you're not willing to sacrifice a little bit to get to where you want to be, you're probably not going to be successful in this realm in terms of improving your body composition because it does come with some of that sacrifice up front. So if you're not weighing out the majority of your foods, that is a big one that is going to stall your progress in the long run. And again, you're not going to be able to be perfect with this all of the time, right? I always tell people, I'd rather see you be 80 to 90 80 to 90% consistent 100% of the time rather than you trying to be 100% consistent 100% of the time because that's ultimately going to end up leading to burnout or extreme obsessions or unhealthy obsessions. And that's not what we're going for either, right? But we do have to have consistency built in there. If you're eating out, if you're with friends, if you have to estimate, obviously that's better than not tracking at all, but just understanding that the majority of the time when your goal is to drop body fat and be on top of your caloric intake, we need to be weighing out the majority of our foods. And as you get more advanced with this and as you've done it for a longer period of time and you get to a point to where you just want to maintain the result that you've created, then we can pull off from weighing out all of our foods. Then we can pull away from having to track all of our food before we eat it and we can get a little bit more flexible because we've really built up the skills that allow us to not have to be quite so tedious and we can rely more on our intuition. But to get to that point, you have to go through the investment period of putting in the tedious work daily to be able to do that. And so when it comes to um, your meats, when it comes to your fruits, when it comes to um, different types of carb sources like rices, like vegetables, like potatoes, different things like that, it is really important to be weighing those foods out for the majority of the time that you're in the deficit whenever it's feasible to do so, just to, again, make sure what you're tracking is actually what you're consuming so that you're getting correct data so that as you make adjustments, it actually starts to create the progress that you want to. So really think about that one. Are you weighing out your foods or are you just eyeballing them thinking that they're on point when in reality, there could be a decent amount of fluctuation there and that could be what's stalling your progress if you're not getting to where you want to be as fast as you thought you would. Which leads us into number three, which is starting with calories lower than necessary. 
I see people do this one all the time. Whenever somebody comes into our coaching program and begin working with them and setting up their nutrition, we always want to take a look at where calories have been in the past, right? We want to understand, okay, how many calories were you consuming before? If you were tracking, give us a rough estimate of what your goals were and what you were trying to hit. Now, obviously not everybody's always tracked before, so it's hard to get an exact amount of calories of what they're consuming. So it comes down to more estimations, but more times than not, when bringing somebody in that has been tracking previously, most of the time they've been eating less than what they actually need to, to create the result that they want. And when you try to eat less than you can than you should to drop body fat, if you can stick with it, yes, you'll probably create results at a little bit of a quicker pace. You'll lose fat at a quicker pace, but at the same time, it also is going to make you a lot more hungry. It is also going to make you feel a lot more restricted. It's not going to be as sustainable. You're not going to be able to go out to dinners as much. You're not going to be able to be as flexible as you need to be to be consistent over the long term. And so it's this double-edged sword. We want to drop calories down to 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 for females. And then a lot of times for guys, I'll see calories down all the way around like 1,500 or 1,600. And is that going to create results quicker? Potentially. But if it doesn't allow you to be consistent 85 to 95% of the time, then it's not going to end up creating the result at the same rate as it would if you would just eat a little bit higher calories, something that's a little bit more sustainable, something that's not going to have you feeling so restricted or have your hunger levels quite so high. So you actually have the chance to be able to be within that realm of 85 to 95% consistency to create the result that you want. It's so easy in the world of nutrition and fitness to live on both sides of the extremes, right? When you go into a deficit, it's all about eating as little as I can to create progress as quickly as I can. But I try to look at this in a different light because it's going to be more sustainable for you. And so stick with me here. I want you to think more about you want to eat as much as you can that still elicits the response in terms of fat loss over time so that it's more sustainable for you and it gives you more flexibility. And when it comes to, okay, so how much weight am I looking to lose on a weekly basis? On average, we want to be somewhere around 0.5 to 1% of total body weight lost per week. Now that's not going to be perfect every single week. You might be 0.3% in one week and it might be 1.2 in the next week. Our body weight fluctuates over time and that's not something that we control. But if we look at the weekly average over the course of a month, two months, three months, we want to be seeing around 0.5 to 1% of total body weight lost. There's a few reasons for this rate of progress as well. Number one is being, we want to be trying to maintain as much lean muscle mass throughout the diet as possible. And if you try to get too aggressive with the diet and crash diet down on extremely low calories, your body sometimes isn't going to have a choice but to pull from lean muscle tissue as you're dropping weight because you're doing it in such a rapid manner. And so that's number one. If we go a little bit slower, it's going to allow us to be able to retain more lean muscle tissue, which is actually going to have us look better at the end of the diet because we're going to have more definition. We're going to look leaner. We're going to have more energy and we're not going to have that skinny fat or more stringy look that can happen when you try to go through rapid fat loss and end up losing a lot of lean tissue along with fat tissue. So that's one of the biggest reasons. But the second reason would just come back to the overall theme of this point, which is it's just going to allow you to be able to eat a little bit more and make progress a little bit more sustainable. You're not going to feel quite as restricted. You're not going to have to feel quite as hungry. You're not going to feel quite as stressed because you're going to be able to eat a little bit more food, which is just going to be much more realistic for you to be, to be able to stay consistent with over the long run. And so really think about that one. 
are you being consistent enough to be able to see the long-term trends on the scale in the first place? Or are you trying to eat so low calorie that you're really good for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then you get off track because it's so unsustainable because the calories are so low and you can't be consistent because it's not flexible in your lifestyle. If that's the case in your situation, I would highly recommend that you bring calories up a little bit and try to get more consistent at a higher caloric intake that's going to be a little bit more flexible. And I would almost guarantee that you'll start to see better progress and even quicker progress because then again, we're building your foundation off of consistency rather than trying to build your foundation off of extremes or unsustainability. If you just feel completely lost and have no idea where you should be starting with your calories, I do have a free guide that's always linked down below called the Macro Starter Kit. If you haven't downloaded that yet, that will help get you set up. It'll show you how to find your maintenance level of calories. It will show you how to drop down into a deficit and how to get started just so that you have some numbers to begin with. And then from there, you can start gauging and assessing your progress and adjusting as you need. All right, moving on to number four with the five biggest fat loss mistakes is giving yourself a break every single weekend. I have a client now who I know listens to the podcast, shout out to Haley, who We've been working with for a decent amount of time at this point. We started working together probably late summer, early fall of 2020. And as we started, she started to make some decent progress. She was losing some body fat. She was um, staying pretty consistent and seeing some progress. But then through right through the middle of the winter, probably November, December, progress started to stall out a little bit and she wasn't sure as to why it was happening. She was getting a little bit frustrated just in terms of her body not continuing to progress. And so we started to look at things. We started to look at her nutrition. We started to look at um, her consistency. We started asking questions about, are you weighing out your foods? Are you tracking before you eat? Are you waiting to track until the end of the day? What does all that look like? And everything came back really positive. But then we came to the question of, are you tracking as consistently on the weekends as you are on the weekdays? And when we had that conversation and she really started to think about it, she came to the conclusion that, okay, I can probably start to track a little bit better on the, the weekends and be a little bit more precise with what I'm doing because um, like I'm going out, um, I'm thinking that what I'm doing through the week should create the progress that I want to and I deserve a little bit of a break on the weekend. And rightfully so, right? If you're right on point through the week, does that mean that you have to be perfect every single weekend right on point with calories super low? Not necessarily if you set it up so that you don't have to be, but that would come into more of a form of calorie cycling to where you go five low days during the week and then two higher days on the weekend. And that's something you can definitely do. But if you're not doing that and Haley and, and I were not, we were just focusing on trying to keep calories low throughout the whole process to keep her in a deficit because she wants to lose at a more um, rapid rate and more efficient rate, more closer to that 1% per week rule. We took a look at it and she said, okay, this week I'm really going to try to focus on the weekend as much as I focus on the week. And when we did that, she started to lose at the same rate that she was losing at before. And so my point here is that it's very easy in our brains to start to give ourselves a break on the weekends and rightfully so, right? Because that's our time to relax. That's our time to chill. But again, when it comes to fat loss, back to what I've said already a few times here, I think um, you're starting to see the point is that it is tedious. It does come down to your caloric intake at the end of the week. Just because you're in a deficit for five days out of the week, if on the weekend you eat in a surplus, which ends up putting you in a total weekly budget of a maintenance level of calories rather than a deficit level of calories, you're not going to lose weight. Your body doesn't respond to your daily deficit. 
your body responds to your weekly and your monthly deficit. Let's say you were to maintain weight on 2,000 calories per day. That's your maintenance level of calories. So that's roughly 14,000 calories per week. Well, if you're eating 1,500 calories five days out of the week that has you, oh, I don't know the math for that. Let's just pull up my phone right here and we'll do this as you guys are sitting here listening to me rant. So 1,500 times five, that would be 7,500 calories for those two days where her total intake can be 14,000 calories. But let's say that she ends up eating um, 3,500 calories on Friday and on Saturday, which is very doable to do. That is going to end up putting her at 14,500 calories for the week where she burned 14,000 calories for the week, which isn't going to have her losing any weight. That's actually going to have her in a very slight surplus. And so you have to remember that your body is going to respond to your entire week's intake, not your daily intake. And so if you're giving yourself a break every single weekend, just to eat whatever you want to, because you you've earned it from all of your hard work through the week, you're actually sabotaging all of that hard work that you put in. And you're just going to continue to be stalled and plateau with your results because your week long caloric intake is actually at your maintenance level and just has you stalled or potentially even in a, in a bit of a surplus. Now, one way to work around this, and I'll do it a lot with clients is on the weekends, you do want a little bit of a break, right? Maybe you don't want to stay lower calorie throughout the entire process and you're okay with progress being a little bit slower. So what you can do here is run more of a five two calorie cycling split. And what this would mean is that you run five days in a little bit of a deeper deficit, and then you run two days at a maintenance level of calories or just a little bit higher level of calories, but over the entire week, it still keeps you in a deficit, right? So let's say that you wanted to run, um, your maintenance level is 2000 calories per day and you wanted to run five days at 1500 calories and you wanted to run two days back up at 2000 calories. Well, that's still going to keep you in a week long deficit because those two days are only eating back up at your maintenance level. So all the deficit stays, days still count towards that deficit. That's still going to have you lose over time. Now, with that said, though, you are going to lose at a little bit of a slower rate just because you're not going to have every single day out of the week in the deficit that's contributing to um, your calories staying quite as low. So progress will be a little bit slower, but if it's more sustainable for you to be able to have that light at the end of the tunnel, <clears throat> excuse me, each and every week, well, then it's going to make a whole lot more sense for you to take a little bit of that slower approach because it's going to be built on your consistency um, and it's going to help you get to where you want to be. Again, it might take a little longer, but the point is that you're still going to get there. You're still, you're just individualizing the diet to better fit your lifestyle. That's going to help you be more consistent to end up reaching that overall goal that you have for yourself. And that moves us into the fifth mistake, which is the final one we're going to touch on today. And that is focusing more on eating restrictively instead of sustainably. And what do I mean by that? When I talk about restrictive eating, it's, it basically explains itself, right? All I'm talking about is telling yourself that you can't have sugars or that you can't have carbs or that you can't have processed foods or that you can't have any candies or anything like that. And you can only eat healthy foods. And by all means, do we want to base the majority of our diet around good, clean, whole, healthy, healthy foods? Absolutely. We want high protein sources. We want fruits, we want vegetables, we want whole grains, we want fibrous carb sources. Those are all things that we definitely want to put a big emphasis on inside of our diet. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that you can't include the foods that you enjoy at the same time. What we're trying to create here is sustainable long-term results. To create sustainability, you're going to need some flexibility. You're going to need to be able to eat out. 
You're going to need to be able to enjoy something if you're craving it a little bit. You're going to need to be able to go out with your kids and have some ice cream. And so that brings us back to needing to understand the principles of nutrition and the principles of fat loss. There are no specific foods that create fat loss and there are no specific foods that create fat gain. That comes down to your diet as a whole, not the specific foods that make up that diet. Now, that doesn't mean that you should just, you can eat junk all day and you'll be completely fine. You definitely want to base a good 85 to 90, probably 80 to 90% of your foods on the things I mentioned, like lean protein sources, on fruits, on vegetables, on fibrous carbs. Those are all the things that we want to consume the most of because one, they have all the micronutrients in them, which are going to help with our hormones. They're going to help with our energy levels. They're going to help with our mood. And two, they're generally the most filling, meaning they are the lowest in calories with the higher amounts of volumes, which is going to help us stay more saturated during the diet. If you look at a big salad with some lean protein with some vegetables on there a low calorie sauce and then you look at let's say a slice of pizza they might both be 300 to 350 calories but what a big huge salad or one slice of pizza fill you up more that salad is always going to fill you up more at the end of the day and so we want to base the majority of our diet around those foods that are going to keep us more saturated so that after we're done eating we feel full rather than eating only for taste You have to start thinking more about if I eat this food, is it going to have me satisfied after I eat it or is it just going to only leave me craving more of it? And if you base the majority of your diet on that decision, you'll be very successful. But then you still have another 10 to 20% that you can include some of the fun foods that you'd like that are more sugar dense, that are maybe processed, that aren't deemed as healthy. We can still include all of that in as long as our total caloric intake at the end of the day is still accounted for and we're hitting protein goals and being on point in that case. And so I see people all the time focus so much on the all or nothing approach. Being 100% only healthy foods, I'm restricting all carbohydrates, I am eating only this way and this is how I have to do it to be able to see progress. And you will see some progress happen doing that because you are restricting your calories are going to be low enough that that you may create rapid results honestly but what ends up happening is over time when you tell yourself that you can't have something for so long you end up putting yourself in a position to where you want it even more and then that craving gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse i've been in that situation myself before when i was on a clean eating kick before i understood the science backed principles of nutrition And I remember when I told myself I couldn't have something, it would just make me want it 10 times more. That's just in our human nature to want the things that we cannot have. So instead, learning a more balanced approach to, yes, focus on good, whole, healthy foods, but also not deeming unhealthy foods or processed foods, whatever you want to call them, as bad or something that we can't have. If you just understand, okay, yes, I can absolutely include this into my diet when I want to, but first I'm going to ask myself the question of, should I eat right now to focus more on my overall health, to focus on being satisfied so after I'm done I'm not craving more so that I can just go on with my day, or am I in a position to where maybe I've It's nighttime, I've hit my protein goal, I have some calories left over, I already feel pretty good, but I'm kind of craving like a little bit of chocolate, or maybe I'm craving a a bag of popcorn or something like that, just for the taste of it, but I've hit my numbers for the day and I'm on point, then it makes sense to use that 10 to 20% rule to enjoy something a little bit more fun or that's deemed unhealthy. And so you really want to make sure you have that balance there. 
Don't fall for the all or nothing trap of having to have everything be perfectly healthy because that's not what is going to create the result for you in the long run. In the long run, what's going to create your result is getting consistent with your caloric intake, eating enough protein over time, and making sure what you're doing is sustainable so that you can actually stay consistent with it and follow through to get to the result that you're after. And that is the list of the biggest five fat loss mistakes that I see happen. Let me run through that list with you one more time real quick. Number one is waiting to track your food till the end of the day. Number two is not weighing out 80 to 90% of the foods that you consume. Number three is starting with calories way too low. Number four is giving yourself a break every single weekend. And number five is focusing on eating restrictively rather than sustainably. So I really do appreciate you guys. Like I said, I'm excited to be back recording episodes once again. I feel a little bit rusty, but as I get back into the groove of it, these will get better and better. Down below is always linked as well, like I said before, the macro starter kit that will help get you set up. It'll help you find your specific caloric numbers that you should be starting out at to find your maintenance level, how to drop into your deficit level. It'll talk about how to set up your protein level for where you're at with your experience level, where your body weight is at at the moment. It'll talk about where you can set your carbs and fats if you're trying to get a little bit more advanced with your um, tracking. And it also gives you a whole bunch of ideas of types of meals that you can eat. There's a lot of higher protein, lower calorie food options in there that break down down, um, the recipes that are all super simple to make the foods that I use with my family here at home all of the time. Also linked down below is the podcast page at lostandlifting.com where you can go and submit questions for Q&As that will be coming out every Thursday. So we are getting back to that. Every Thursday, there will be a new Q&A episode that comes out. If you want to leave questions with um, very descriptive questions that we can really dive into your situation on the show. You can go click that link. There's a spot there for you. We can fill out your question. You can hit submit. That will shoot directly to my inbox so that I can see it and bring it onto the podcast. So like I said, I really do appreciate you guys. I'm excited that we're back and I'll talk with you very soon.